This is Paul Schneiderman today on the 79th edition of Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio. Today is my special guest. I have Steve Kelly. Steve is a retired Seattle Times sports columnist. Steve was there for over 30 years, retired about 2013. Before I go further with this interview with you, Steve, I want to recognize my engineer today, Daniel Billis. Daniel is also the host of the Fresh Juice Show at Rainier Avenue Radio. A lot of programming going on at Rainier Avenue Radio. We have sports shows, lifestyle shows, political shows, a real real lineup of shows. We also have a new Monday night sports lineup from 6.30 to 10 p.m. That includes my sports and stuff show that's now running at 9 o'clock on Monday nights. Uh, my sports and stuff show has been around now for nearly three years, having a lot of fun. Most of my interviews are on my website. They're on Mixcloud. They're also on uh, the Rainier Avenue Radio website. I'm continuing to get um, submitted there. You can follow me on Facebook and on Twitter at PLS Law Offices at AOL. I'm sorry, not that's my email. My my Twitter is uh, PLS Law Offices. Steve, um, as I mentioned, you're retired sports columnist, Seattle Times. Uh, you also worked the Oregonian in Portland as a columnist. Uh, Steve continues to be involved in his retirement as a basketball coach, tutor, and theater support at the Shakespeare Theater in Seattle. Uh, Steve, you are my first guest to come back for a third time. I had you on in September 2017, early 2019. Are, are you making the right decision coming back a third time my show, Steve? Well, no, but it's not my fault. It's yours. You, 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 know, you invited me. I didn't call you up and say, hey, can I come on your show? So it's on you. It's on you, Paul. Totally on me. Well, I, I, sometimes, sometimes there's questions in life. Who, who, who's being the stupid one inviting somebody to something? So, uh, <laughs> but Steve, on a serious note, it's great to have you back. And I always enjoy our conversations. It's been nice to have a personal friendship with you uh, that's developed over the years. So I do appreciate coming back on sports and stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio. You know, um, President Company accepted. I really enjoyed the show. And, uh, um, so at the breadth of, of guests that you get on, you get you get guys on, authors and political people that none of the other guys um, in town interview, and it's uh, it's really enlightening. Well, there, there's a lot of great sports programming in the country and in our state and so forth, and you know we're all. I, I guess my show is just another another sampling in a, in a buffet. I mean, there's all sorts of things that people can sample, and I'm just trying to. Uh, keep a show going with all sorts of different types of voices and different subject matters. And uh, Steve, you always have a lot to offer. Steve, I asked this question to several guests in recent days. You know how sometimes you kind of get on a question, you, you keep asking because the answers you get are so interesting. Oh yeah. Um, Dave sure. Grosby answered Floyd Merriweather's question. Dave Sims answered Sandy Koufax. Softy answered Tiger Woods. Ian Furness said he liked to have a more extensive conversation with Russell Wilson. Percy Allen last week mentioned Mike Tyson. I know you're retired now, Steve, but if you could interview one living sports figure, who would it be? One that I have interviewed or one that I would wish I had? Uh, well, you can answer both ways. How's that? Well, you, you know, um, one of my regrets, and you know, I could write a book about my regrets in the business, but one of them was – I had this really contentious relationship with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and I mean, I I think he's I think he's a great human being, and he's done so much good for this country, and he's been courageous, and he's stuck to his beliefs, and I mean, I just admire him so much. But he 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 blew me off like thirty times in his career, and it got to the point where it just you know it was it was a game to him, 
you know, and I don't know why he chose me to be to, to play this game, but um, I just wish that I had had a better relationship with him. I had a really good relationship with Magic, and uh, pretty much everybody in that era, because we could actually talk to guys. We didn't have to go through their agent and through their, you know, uh, TV producer and all that stuff. We could just right. talk to them. And uh, Kareem was in the locker room. Kareem was, you know, hanging out after practice, but he, he somebody said, hey, I'll be right back, and he would go out a back door. You know, he would go go in the locker room, go in the back door, and he was gone. And um, I just feel like he had so much to say and um, really wish I could have kind of mined his brain a little more. So he's a guy you, 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 you so you would add him that list of some famous athletes, some that you and your colleagues would would have enjoyed or would enjoy interviewing. You would add Kareem that list. He's someone you really a living sports figure you would love to have had a chance to interview or to interview at some point. Yes, for sure. Iconic figure, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That, that's a, that's another great name out of that list. I, you know, it's been fun because I've gotten every guy I've asked that question to. The last five or six guests I've asked that to, I've gotten so many great answers. So I'm going to add Jabbar that list from Steve Kelly. I love it. Um, Steve, Major League Baseball announced recently they're going to be having a 60-game season, a condensed season that will start on about July 23rd. Um, normally it's a 162-game season. What do you think about this plan to have a reduced 60-game COVID-19 era 2020 season, Major League Baseball? I have pretty much no interest in it whatsoever. It's so truncated and tricked up. Um, I, I saw it where, you know, uh, Ryan Zimmerman and, and Mike Leake and a couple guys aren't even going to play. And I don't blame them. You know, this country is in such dire straits right now uh, health-wise. And, and we're, we're nowhere near corralling the COVID vi- COVID-19 virus. How – how does Major League Baseball think they're going to keep its athletes from from getting sick? And you know, what are the? I don't know the details. I know the. I'm more familiar with the NBA's plan, but I just think it's. I don't think it's going to. I think there's going to be something that happens that stops this, every one of these pro seasons. I, I think too many guys are going to get sick. Um, you know, look what happened the, the last game that was played in NBA where the Jazz played the Pistons and Rudy Gobert got sick. The Pistons center, I can't remember his name, who guarded Rudy Gobert got sick. And then the next day, Donovan Mitchell got sick. It's going to happen again. It's already happened. Like 16 NBA players have tested positive. I just think it's a, it's, it's, it's like the same thing that's, that ha- that's happened with opening the country too quickly. And we've had this spike. I just think there's um, players are going to get sick. Their families are going to be put in danger. And for what? So it's up to you, Steve. If you were the commissioner, or you were, well, I don't know the commissioners have the final say here, but if it's up to Steve Kelly, you would just not have a 2020 Major League Baseball season. At this point, for sure, yeah. Um, there's, just, there's just, first of all, it's, it's stupid. You can go. You have a one third of a season, and you know you, you, you crown a champion. I mean, it's ridiculous. So, from a competitive standpoint, I mean, there's a chance the Mariners could be in the World Series. You know, 
from a competitive standpoint, it's all it's all screwed up. It's a little hokey, isn't it? You know, it really it, 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 it's tough, Steve. I, I, I know I'm giving kind of an undecisive opinion here, but there, there's a side of, of me that would just love to turn on TV and watch a baseball game, though. But I, I get your points about safety and all that. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's just it. it. You know, of course, you know, I'm a huge sports fan. I'm watching, uh, you know, horse racing from, from uh, Australia. I'm <laughs> the Korean League, I'm, you know. I, I, I won't do the uh, cornhole competition. That's where I draw the line. Right. But I've been, wa- I've been watching every, you know, Bundesliga games, uh, Premiership games. I mean, I'm, I'm watching because it's all there is to watch. But um, I'm not – I don't have any emotional investment on, in any of these sports. And, uh, I mean, do you think there's going to be college football? And what's that going to look like? Um the training camp opens uh, in less than a month of the NFL. Are we ready for that? Are we ready to get guys tackling each other and being, you know, being in close quarters for hours on end? I mean, I don't know. I, I think I, mean, I want the games as you know as bad as anybody else, but I just think we're playing with fire, and I don't think it's going to be that great diversion, especially if things go horribly wrong and too many people get sick. Paul Schneiderman of Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio with uh, the retired great sales times columnist Steve Kelly. Steve, you know, Blake Snell, a UW guy, attended Sherwood High School, actually have a, a relative that, that taught him in high school, said he was a nice guy, and Tampa Bay Devil Rays pitcher. He came out several weeks ago to say he would not play this season for reduced salary, especially because of the risk of contracting the coronavirus. He says it's just not worth it. Snell got a lot of criticisms. Are, are you, do you support Snell's position and not wanting to play? I think, it ha- I think all of these decisions in all of the major sports in this country have to be person to person, player to player. It's a personal decision. And I don't think you can get <clears> – <throat> you can be criticized, especially a young guy with a future like Blake Snell's, I don't think you can be criticized for saying, I can't, I, I can't do this. And, you know, I was right. just reading to, I was reading to, so let's say Blake Snell, young guy, gets the virus. Well, he's going to recover, but there could be damage to his lungs. There could be neurological damage. There, there's all kinds of things they don't know about the long-term effects of being infected by this disease. And I think guys like Snell are doing their homework and saying, oh, my God, you know, it's, it's too big a risk, and especially for this tricked-up season. It, 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 it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, you raise a lot of issues there, no doubt about it. Uh, I want to move on from baseball in a minute, but let me, let me ask another question or two. Do you, do you like the idea of, of having a universal DH and having a, uh, some changes with the extra inning system? I don't like the extra inning system at all. I mean, that sounds like something for slow pitch softball. Okay. Um, you know, I, I go down to Woodland Park and watch that if it's you know if I'm that desperate. So no, I don't like that. I've I've always been torn about the DH. You know, I I grew up in Philadelphia, National League city, and still kind of pay attention to the National League quite a bit. And and I like I like the fact I like having a I don't like watching pitchers hit but I like the other stuff I like the double switches I like the other kind of strategy that's involved when you do have pitchers who can hit um the 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 DH I mean it's gonna be great for 
for the Mets, they can use Cano and, and Cespedes and right. and uh, and um, it, it, it'll be it'll prolong some careers, I think. But um, I kind of like the way it was. Yeah, you bring up some points. Paul Shaver again on Sports and Stuff on Rainier Ave Radio with uh, Steve Kelly. Well, Steve, there was a big signing in the NFL. We don't know if we're going to have an NFL season or if we are, how it's going to be configured. But the uh, Patriots signed 31-year-old Cam Newton. Do you see this as being another uh, brilliant Belichick Patriots move, bringing uh, Newton in to replace Tom no. Brady? Yeah. I mean, I think it's. I think it was a great move. And I think there's a lot of um, team presidents and team owners that are calling their GMs and saying, where were we in this in this whole mess? Why, why, why weren't we – bidding on Newton. I mean, he's, he's coming pretty cheaply. Um, he's got a lot to prove. He has proven a lot in the past. I, I, I think it was a great move by the Patriots, and, and I don't like anything good that happens to them because, you know, like a lot of people in this part of the country, uh, I, don't, I don't root for the Patriots. But I think it was a, it was a brilliant move. It's, it's, a, it's a no-brainer, really. He's been injured with some hamper with some foot injuries, but it, it sounds like a pretty creative move in in the post Tom Brady era for for the Pats. So I, I think you're onto something, Steve. You mentioned something a, a couple minutes ago. Maybe I didn't hear you right, but are you <laughs> suggesting the NBA has a better return plan than the MLB? Well, I no, I, I'm I'm not really. I mean, I think it's. It's like being an astronaut, you know. You're you're going to be in this bubble for if you're if you're the Lakers or the Clippers, you're you're going to be in the bubble for what three months, where you can't you can't leave. Um, the only thing the difference is that there's no weightlessness to, to worry about. But I mean, it's, it's it's really it's like some sort of NASA experiment, and um, so I I think again I don't I don't see how guys aren't going to get sick. And um, I don't know what practice is going to look like. You know, I'm, I'm uh, coaching high school basketball, and it doesn't, right. look like we're, it doesn't look like we're going to have any summer program. But there was a, a while there when we were in phase two, going maybe to phase three, where the schools were talking about um, having giving us a month to practice in the summer, like we usually have. And I was, but but only have like four kids in the gym at the same time. And I I didn't know how that was going to work. I mean, if we if if we have one ball, the guy takes a shot, and then I'm the coach. I get the rebound and I spray it with Lysol, and then I pass it out again. I mean, how do you avoid transmission? And real uh, concerns, I, real. And you brought up earlier that that we probably have opened up many aspects of society too soon. And you do it in the sports world, you can have some some pretty significant problems. And, and you know. And, and maybe this is me being alarm, an alarmist, but I don't know what the signal is you're sending to the rest of the country. Because here we are, we've opened up, and in some states we've opened wide open again. And look at the spike. So are we going to are we going to say you know it's okay to play basketball? Uh, you know, open up all the courts uh, around the city and just let them go at it. Um, and and hold our breath and hope everybody everybody gets everybody stays healthy, or are we going to be more cautious about this? There's so many questions. We're we're going ahead with with all of this pro pro sports, not knowing what the virus is going to do. And man, I'll tell you that 
I mean, and you know what? I, See, it's less risk. It's more risky than than a NASA mission in a lot of ways. Well, yeah, yeah. It's a lot more people in that capsule, that's for sure. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Steve, there was a big uh, NASCAR change that was a- announced, the aftermath of the George Floyd atrocity. The Confederate flag will now be permitted, prohibited from NASCAR events and properties. Um, why Why do you think it took so long for this to happen, and, and why would anybody be, oppo- be opposed to this, that, that uh, change? Why would people be opposed to it? Yeah, why would somebody be opposed to it? Why Why did that guy in Florida start yelling white power, white power the other day in his, in his golf cart? I mean, there's, there's racism is there, and, and it's, it's rearing its ugly head in very dangerous ways right now. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I applaud NASCAR, and it can't be a it, – it's got to be a financial drain on them. If they lose, if they lose the, the Yahoo Confederacy, um, they're going to be in real trouble. Um, I, I totally admire Bubba Wallace and what he's done and how he's stood up. I mean, it's funny. I, I read a, a story about his mom. And his mom said, he's, you know, he's never been political. He's never been an activist. And I can't believe that's him out there. <laughs> so he's, um, you know, he's kind of changed his personality and, and understands now uh, the power of, of his voice and the power of, of uh, being able to make change. And now... You know, I don't know. It's funny how NASCAR starts that, and now the state of Mississippi takes its flag down with the right. flag in, in the in the flag, and I think that's. Uh, I mean, stuff is happening. Good stuff is happening uh, as a result of, unfortunately, the death of George Floyd and and the, uh, the police murders um, around the country. But things are changing. People are, are waking up, and I don't think. This the Black Lives Matter movement is going to lose steam. I think it's just going to keep going and keep going. And um, to me, that's what makes this election so important because we have to get more people in there who are willing to address these changes and 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 the inequity that's that's been in this country for 300 years. And I don't really care if anybody says, Steve, the Confederate flag is not an inclusive message. It's not our heritage. First of all, they weren't part of the. They didn't want to be part of the United States. So why should we? Why, why should we even acknowledge that? Um, it, they're traitors. Every person who fought for the South is a traitor. They wanted to leave our country. So so how? Why should we honor that? And why should we? You know, the the idea that we're tearing apart our our heritage is a dog whistle because what we're saying is, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're, 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 we're changing the dynamics of, of, of uh, equality in this country. And there's a lot of white people who don't like it. Oh yeah. That's, that's another, that's a long conversation. We can have another time, Steve. Paul Schneider of sports and stuff on Rainier Avenue radio on the 79th edition with Steve Kelly doing a phone interview with, with Steve today. Steve, there was a story that came out today, and let me give you a little background of where I'm going here. A couple of years ago, I had a sports economist, a professor on my show, Andrew Zimbalist, interesting guy. Oh, yeah. He has argued the NCAA model is not financially sustainable. He thinks the whole NCAA should be blown up and a new federally chartered system should be in place. 
Just read that Washington State University, their athletic department, is operating with a 93.5 million or so deficit. Is this w, WSU problem? Does that further support Zimblis's point that something needs to be done about um, some change needs to occur about with the NCAA and these huge deficits many universities are operating? Well, yeah, um, I think college sports are in big trouble. They were in trouble before the pandemic. They're right. in dire trouble now. I mean, look, the Washington University of Washington just cut their um, budget by, I think, 15% and probably will cut it even more. Um, athletes aren't getting a chance to, to play in the uh, Olympic sports because those sports are being dropped in a lot of in a lot of uh, schools. If we don't have if we don't have big time football this year with with big time crowds, which I don't think we can at this point, um, I mean, so many athletic departments are going to go in the tank, and I don't know how they're going to be rescued. Where, where's the money going to come to rescue them? Yeah, it's a complex issue. I mean, UW's had had deficits in their athletic department, a pretty a, a, a bigger oh, five program than the Washington State. And yeah, I, I I always will never forget what Zimbalis had to say. He thinks the whole thing should be broken up, like the big bank should be broken up. The opinion that some people have, but we'll we'll see. And I saw that Wazoo story break today, and I I thought it was something I wanted to ask you about. And and it, 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 like you point out, that the athletic department's having these kind of deficit problems. This is way pre-pandemic. Yeah, yeah, and um, Washington's been in trouble for quite a while, for several years, and you can't keep expecting 70,000 people to come to your stadium seven times a fall and save you. And, um, I, I mean, I don't know, I, I'm not a, <laughs> I took Economics 101 three times, so I don't know, I don't have any uh, brilliant suggestions about how to solve it, but... Um, it's not working. It may, you know, maybe it's time. Here's, here's something I thought a lot about. You know, I watched college football in the, in the 50s and 60s, and I watched Penn play Navy in front of 60,000 people at Franklin Field in Philadelphia. It was, a, an, it was a different sport back then. You know, the quality wasn't obviously as good, but nobody – it was – the Ivy League was a good conference, and it, it was still it was it was competitive. And if we would just cut back so that you know we don't have Alabama, we don't have these schools, the Power Five conferences with what is it, a hundred scholarships, whatever they have now. Um, if we would just cut back um, t- ten games a year, uh, not a whole lot of travel, it just just make it more. Um, just make it smaller. Maybe I think that's what has to happen. We have to kind of gut it and then rebuild it in a different with a different model. Thought-provoking points work. there, definitely. That's and not, I'm not here to pick on Washington State. I, I, I but no, I just no, no. I saw that deficit. I, I just that that's just that's really pretty high. Ninety-three million and change. Uh, well, go ahead. Don't you don't you think maybe the most difficult job in in sports now? is a power five athletic director. I mean, the, the, the stuff that they have to handle, uh, the crisis that they're under now, I mean, it's gotta be as difficult a job as there is in this country. 
A lot of headaches, no doubt about it. Hey, Steve, I may have time for one more subject. I, I got just a couple minutes left. I can't believe how fast these interviews go. I sit all the time having this great conversation. I'm told I got like three more minutes. Um, <laughs> Bill Cower and Jimmy Johnson made the Canton Hall of Fame this, this year. They were inducted. Um, if I had more time, I can go through some Holmgren and Pete Carroll stats number of games, won, Super Bowls, all that. Do you think Mike Holmgren and Pete Carroll have good Hall of Fame cases? Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, Mike Holmgren should get in just because he's a great guy. And he should get in because he was a great – and Pete Peters, too, a great ambassador for the game. But I mean, right. There's, there's, there was nothing – one of my favorite – a uh, string of moments in my career was Wednesday afternoon listening to Mike Holmgren tell stories during his weekly press conference. And that's what he did. He just spun tales about, uh, about coaching Brett Favre and I mean, just everything. And uh, he, he's just such a quality guy. Um, but yeah, he won a Super Bowl. He, you know, he, he developed how many quarterbacks, um, uh, yeah, he should be in. And, two additional uh, rings as an offensive coordinator, too, Steve, and three FC title games. I mean, look, look at yeah, look at his coaching tree. Look at Mike Holmgren's coaching tree, including Andy Reid, who's now the Super Bowl uh, coach of the Super Bowl champions. Um, right. And, and you know, he, he'll be in. So, I, I like Bowls, it. I like it. How about Carroll? Carroll has uh, 24th all-time number of regular season wins. I said I was going to announce stats, and I'm doing it, so sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> Ten postseason appearances, 16th all-time, two Super Bowl appearances, great 2010s decade coach. Um, you think Carroll, if Carroll retired this season, you think he, he should get there, or you think he needs a couple more years to kind of get some more wins? You know, I don't I, – I'm sort of like you. I'm not a numbers guy. I know what he's done – for Seattle in this in this uh, century, um, he's changed the whole perception of the of the franchise. Um, he, he's won, and you know I, I have to admit when they hired him, I wasn't on his side. And uh, you know that's another book I could write is times I was wrong, things I was wrong about. Well, I feel the same but, way. I feel the same way. <laughs> Steve, we got like a few seconds left. So you 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 think eventually Holmgren and Carroll will get in one day to the to the Camp Hall Five? Yeah, I, I'd be real surprised if they did. Well, Steve, I'd like to end an interview on a nice note, and I think it is a nice note to think of Holmgren and Carroll being in the NFL Hall of Fame one day. It's always fun to chat. That's uh, you and I get together soon, Steve. I appreciate doing this. It's always it's always fun. I, I can do it weekly if you want, Paul. I mean, I'm I'm around. I got a lot of time on my hands. So if I had more time, I I do it. I try to do it daily. I love chatting with you. <laughs> there we go. That, that would last about a week. Say hi to Carol, Steve. I gotta go. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Bye bye.